0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Expedition Cinema Podcast. As always, I'm your host Jeremy, and today we are discussing the newly released 2023 film Bottoms, written by Rachel Sennett and Emma Seligman, who also directed, it also stars Rachel Sennett, Iowa Debrey, Ruby Cruz, and Havana Rose Liu. Those are our four headliners of the movie, in my opinion, um... But not to say that there aren't at least like 20 to 25 more in more people in this movie that deserve the recognition for their roles because everybody contributed to achieving the vibe, achieving the um, tone of the movie that uh, they eventually hit their stride in. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, what did I like and what didn't I like about this movie? i really love the performances in this movie they match the camp aspects uh, of it incredibly incredibly well um uh definitely this overly dramatized very emphatic performance like from everybody just matches the vibe of this highly satirical and very stereotypical um world that uh, emma seligman makes for um you know, all of these characters to inhabit. Uh, I really love the humor in this movie. Uh, a, co- a a little bit of it, you know, dipping into what I didn't like, a little bit of the cringiness, the high school cringiness, like, mm, some of it got a little too real for me. But uh, that said, none of it's like unbearable to where I'm like, oh my god, I need to remove myself from this situation. Um, I can't really even think, I was going to try and think of an example where I had to like take a minute (laughs) step out of the theater and breathe (laughs) but um yeah there's there's no moments like that in here i just kind of sit in my chair for a minute like oh that was that was uh." um but a ton of the humor a vast majority of the humor in this movie really works for me i think it's very very funny Uh, really self-aware of the kind of archetypes these stereotypes that they're trying to create um in the uh, cast of characters uh i also really like this depiction of awkward attraction and navigating it uh you know i in high school like it's really awkward (laughs) like underline 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 it's so awkward but man i'll be honest like it really does you know when it pays off when uh, josie played by uh, iowa Depri, finally you know is able to get with her crush it the payoff is enormous it's huge and you know i me personally i kind of like the uh comeuppance that pj you know has coming to her you know I, I think she totally deserves it in this movie um sorry for those that have not seen the movie and don't know what I'm talking about, but, uh, PJ, mm, kind of a scumbag, low key. Uh, I didn't see that one coming where she would like double down on such a, uh, terrible thing. Um, and to be honest, I'm not even fully convinced that she apologized, but anyway, uh, leaving this with no context whatsoever. Um, uh, yeah, betrayal happens. Surprise. Uh, it's high school. Um, but anyway, uh, there's this also mix of very adult and like sexual themes in it, but they mix this with like, how do I s- immaturity too, which uh, obviously is an encapsulation of like the back two years of high school. But, you know, it definitely, this, the, in the way that it was so overly dramatized and like almost impressionist or expressionist, like it's so over the top, like giving so much emotion, even though I get it um you know, like i I really think that the kind of mix of immaturity and adult sexual themes kind of thrives in that like it it really really brings out this kind of goofy slash gross persona, especially. Uh, in the, you know, stereotypical football player jock characters, uh, Jeff especially, um, being the main character, the main guy we we get the most focus on. Um, The last thing I really, really want to note that I liked about this movie was my theater experience. Uh, It was a packed auditorium, and I thought, man, this is going to be a little rough. I don't like really sitting next to people, and, you know, whenever there's a packed auditorium, you know that... You know, crowd think is always, you know, I can have a little conversation and no one will notice, like still, but man, now everybody's having a little conversation here and here and like that annoys me too. I, I really get annoyed whenever someone talks in, in movie theaters. But um man, I got on board this time. Uh this past year, these past two years, uh of going back to the movies has really instructed me. To feel differently about large crowds and auditoriums, and then I really have to pick my feature for it. Um, I actually, at the time of this recording, I went to see um, Star Trek 2009 in theaters, and that crowd was not my favorite, even though it was large. Uh, but compared to the Bottoms crowd, yeah, I, I really loved the Bottoms crowd. Um, the Star Trek crowd was just so talkative and so blatantly talkative during the movie like something quiet's going on between Spock and Kirk and a kid in the other aisle and his parents are like talking at full volume. I'm like, well, guys, what's happening? Step out for a minute, why don't you? Or whisper? Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry for the tirade. I just, I, that, that really gets to me a little bit. Um, but for Bottoms, like the crowd energy in that, you know, no one was like yelling stuff at the screen or like cracking jokes with the movie, but the laughter... And the atmosphere of that laughter was such a positive for this movie. This is definitely a movie that, uh, I'm not trying to go to a theater alone to watch and just sit, you know, alone, man. I got the auditorium to myself. That's not the vibe for this movie. Try and find a packed auditorium. I I really loved the crowd for, um, Bottoms when I went to go see it. What did I not like about this movie? Um, so let me say that it's it's very little. I I, I, lo- I don't like I, I don't not like a ton of this movie. Like it's it's such a good movie. I, I really like it. Um, the pacing of the plot is partially not really something that works for me a lot in this movie. I do think that we fluctuate wildly from moving from one thing to the next. Uh, and then at that same time it's like I feel like some attention to detail could have been paid to some of these characters maybe a little bit more Um, but uh, you know aside from that uh, like I said the cringiness got to me a little bit the men are so annoying Uh, like I am a man and I'm sitting here praying on their downfall because they're so fucking annoying i like wish you died heart like i'm so annoyed by these men like it the whatever uh, emma seligman was trying to achieve by showing me this you know exaggerated form of a jock you know hyper masculine male she achieved it i am now completely turned off to uh this toxic like disgustingly brazen form of masculinity completely turned off granted i wasn't a huge fan before but this really sold me um, no, i'm no i never want to be perceived that way ever in my life um, moving from act one to act two to act three was an interesting ride uh, act one i loved the setup of the characters uh, everyone's bouncing off each other with jokes, quips, conversation bits, and uh, the way that uh, Seligman uses the camera, um, these kind of high angled shots to kind of emphasize these uh, group gatherings, uh, and then these extreme close ups on their faces, especially when, you know, we're now coming to the quote unquote fight club portion of the film. Um, I think that she really shows how. Adept she is at, uh, using the camera, you know, to tell a part of the story. Um, <clears throat> uh, but yeah, act one, amazing, hilarious setup is crazy good. You know, as soon as I feel like act one's moved into act two, I think that everyone's kind of hitting their stride. Um, you know, character wise, you know, even in groups of characters, I think the group is hitting their stride. Uh, act two, um, fuck you, Jeff. Fuck you, Tim. You suck, and I hate you. You're the worst. Um, please never talk ever again. I, I wish that for you. I truly do. Um, first of all, how dare you uh, try and t- try and like take out uh, okay, Ruby Cruz's character, Hazel? What the fuck's your problem? Hazel's the most unproblematic. Like, like a best, almost like probably the best, morally best character in this movie, and I'm sitting here, I'm like, Why are we targeting Hazel? Like, can we target someone that you know at least slightly deserves it, even if not really at all? Like, damn, Hazel did nothing, bro. Why we gotta beat her ass? I, I just, fuck you, Tim. Especially Jeff. Jeff is his own thing, cause honestly they they partially make him almost sympathetic and that he's so fucking stupid that he can't comprehend being not the center of attention or the piece of shit that he is but tim knows what he's doing tim is a piece of shit by choice he he has a choice to be like "Mm, i could not do that but no no tim has to tim that's his job like fuck tim okay he's he's the worst Uh, and then act three yes yes and everything i I love it it i I want everything uh, everything i wanted was encapsulated in act three it was perfect you know flawless don't change a thing please continue everybody to be successful i love everybody in this movie that's how act three makes me feel like it's just so you know i don't want to say triumphant because it's not like you know triumphant like won a battle triumphant like they obviously win a battle but you know um other than that like I, i'm just really saying that solid solid conclusion i think they did such a good job with you know showing genuine redemption for some of these characters um that had kind of gaslit or lied to their friends uh, along the course of the plot um the obvious mbps for this movie uh, are iowa debris and rachel senate obvious mvps they are phenomenal in their roles they have the utmost chemistry of uh any two characters in this film i think um they have phenomenal chemistry really they do uh I, ca- I can't tout it enough they they just they have such great chemistry man like i i really really enjoy um their back and forths that happen throughout the film you know and iowa debri especially in her facial expression and delivery of these different lines, the little, you know, uh, conversation-isms that she'll like a quick breath or like a, a quick exhale or, you know, that plus a line, plus, uh, you know, a little facial expression. She just really, really captures expression with these lines really well. Like, I, you can tell that this is a character that she really, really can dig into and portray incredibly accurately um so shout out Aya Debry for that she's so good uh Rachel Sennett all the same honestly like she she really really delivers uh, in her role as this kind of pseudo hero of um the you know quote unquote like <laughs> what she wants uh, a fight club to be uh, comprised of the most attractive women in the, in the entire school. And then, you know, that kind of faux personality that emerges from, you know, not necessarily in her eyes achieving what she had set out to do. Um, you know, how she kind of weaves her villainy and scheming into that. It, it works really well. Gels for the character kind of culminates in this emotional outburst she has against Hazel. Um, and, you know, again, I don't think she really apologized, but whatever, we'll leave that alone. Uh, Rachel Senn fantastic in this as PJ. She really is. And now for the, uh, not so obvious MVPs. Um, first Ruby Cruz, uh, Ruby Cruz, sorry. Um, as Hazel is an incredible side character and I wish we would have gotten more out of, uh, that character for sure. Um her and Rachel Sennett, I wanted, like they, (gasps) yo, the, the, the moment in this movie that really got me, that kind of made me angry at the untapped potential in it, uh, was this moment where, um, Ruby Cruz's character Hazel and Rachel Sennett's character PJ are making out in front of a crowd to distract them from, you know, the other group members of the group doing what they do. Um, yeah, they got into that. So like, I'd like, you know, I'd like to see a little love story have been intertwined, you know, like I liked the, the subtleness of Hazel's dedication to PJ, but like, I don't know. I just, I I was left wanting a lot more out of that, like for sure. Cause you know, like that, that was really satisfying to see PJ actually have something positive, um, you know a, a you know c- to compare against all of her negativity in that kind of area of her life uh, and not to mention uh hazel getting something that she finally deserves like a happy moment like someone deliver a happy moment for hazel her mom sleeps with jeff what kind of what kind of terrible life is that that's just so ter- that's just so terrible I and mean, how could you do that to hazel uh emma seligman like really how could you do that to hazel anyway sorry um but uh, second mvp uh, havana rose lou for sure um she does such a good job in this movie um you know playing this kind of primary love interest that you know I-, I would argue for sure that josephine is more the main character than pj is uh and therefore her love interest is much more central than pj's is and uh, yeah she definitely definitely nails uh, that role like, not only does she kind of play this stereotypical version of the character that she is, uh, but she's able to expand beyond that uh, while maintaining the core of it, which is not, I I would imagine, is not an easy thing to do uh, narratively. Um, for score, I would give this an 8.7 out of 10. Uh, all of my stuff is skewed really high, so just putting that out there, and I I like movies a ton, so... I'm never going to give a movie that's like pretty good, like less than a seven, but this movie's great. Really great. I would give it an 8.7 out of 10. Uh, That moves it up to number nine on the year for me. Pushes Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves out of the top 10, which by the way, um, feels like ages ago like oh my god I I can't even remember when that movie came out February uh March I think actually I actually March I think I feel pretty confident saying March um yeah that movie feels like forever ago uh loved that movie by the way obviously it was in the top 10 before bottoms came around um but yeah I, I I'm really happy that it's hitting in this top 10 of the year. Uh, Usually my top 10 kind of ends up being um, just what I really enjoyed the most out of the year. Not necessarily what I thought was as technically brilliant in terms of, you know, its writing or, you know, VFX, cinematography, you know, any of these like classic buzzwords for evaluating a film. You know, for me, it usually just ends up being what I had the most fun with um, and what I enjoyed the most um fun with is a bit of a stretch because a lot of comedies don't land super well for me um actually just so say you know what then that kind of bounces it out like comedy doesn't always land super well for me so it's not always just a jam-packed top 10 of of comedy uh, anyway um that i think is gonna wrap it up for this week's episode a really short one guys um as always guys thanks for tuning in to listen on spotify Uh, Make sure you leave a review. Star rating really helps the podcast get out there. You can always find me on Letterboxd and Twitter. That's definitely where I'm most... Oh, I'm sorry, not Twitter. uh, X, uh, where those are definitely the places that I'm most active about. Um, And uh, next week, we actually will be uh, doing another filmic franchise episode, this time with uh, one of my friends, Luke. Um, He is a big fan of the franchise we're going to be taking a look at um so i definitely wanted to kind of get him on and see what he really thought about the franchise we'll do a little ranking talk about the movies one by one um and uh you know i don't know maybe we'll do some some fun little other little mini games i don't know we'll see um but anyway that's gonna do it for the week guys have a great week and i'll see you next thursday